continue our daily Bible reading, this time in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Paul speaks of a, a cultural thing in his time, but makes a, a biblical uh, reference and uh, a biblical direction out of it as well. In Paul's time, if a woman were to go around without a head covering, well, put it this way, the head covering on a woman was a symbol to the rest of society that that woman was married to a man and she was sure that she was married. Similar to us wearing a wedding ring today, which is a symbol to everyone in the world, that uh, that we are married to one person. So for a woman to go without a head covering in Paul's time meant that that woman is available to any other man, uh, able to date. Um, and so Paul uh, argues that obviously um, the, the woman should have that head um, uh, covering on because culturally um, it would it would be making the wrong statement. But in order to make that, he brings up just the principles that God sets up um, already in creation when it comes to responsibility. He says in verse three, but I want you to understand the head of every man is Christ. Christ is the head of every single one of us. And and head doesn't, uh, doesn't mean uh, master, lord, or king. It means ultimately responsible for uh, someone who takes them uh, in their care and held responsible for them. And Jesus is willing to do that for us. Then he says the head of the wife is her husband. Same thing here. This is reiterated in, in Ephesians chapter 5, uh, that the husband is to be the, the head of the marriage, which doesn't mean he's king or lord or master. It means that he is ultimately responsible for that marriage. He is there to serve in that in whatever it takes to take care of that marriage. In fact, Paul says to the husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. And if you remember, Christ said he came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Headship means responsibility placed there uh, by God. And then when Christ came to this world, it says the head of Christ is God. Jesus willingly was subordinate to God the Father, even though he's equal to him. Check out Philippians chapter 2. He's willing to lower himself to become human like us in every way except without sinning. So Paul reiterates this in the rest of the chapter so that culturally um, we send a, an accurate message to the rest of our world and, and the light of Christ shines through us. We don't exercise our freedom in a way that might be uh, detrimental to someone else. And then notice how he says in, in the later part of that in verse 10, he says, but in the end, nevertheless, in the Lord, woman is not independent of man, nor is man independent of woman. For as the woman was made from the man, so man is now born of woman, and all things are from God. So equality when it comes to human uh, uh, dignity, human worth, uh, human value are equal. But yet when, when it comes to marriage, um, uh, different roles that we play, different responsibilities that God place, places upon us. And Paul just reiterates that here. Then when he talks about the Lord's Supper, he says to them, look at the witness that you're leaving to the world. We call the Lord's Supper Holy Communion because it's a meal that reminds us of the common faith that we have. A meal of the responsibility we have to one another as brothers and sisters in Christ to care for one another. There's true community there. What was happening in, in the church in Corinth was that at, in their meals that they had along with the Lord's Supper, some would have more to eat and they would they would uh, um, overeat and others would have not have enough to eat. And those who had more did not share with them. They're to have community and, and Paul calls them out on them. In fact, it says, it's not the Lord's Supper that you're celebrating in effect because by your, you're, you're taking the Lord's Supper, but by your actions, you're not acting like the Lord's people uh, and, and carrying that out among yourselves. Paul says, you're saying by coming to the Lord's Supper together that we have a common faith. We are we are in community. We're caring for one another. If someone lacks something, we're supplying that. 
Um, and, and if we're not, then it's really not the Lord's Supper that we're taking. And then he reminds us then about when we come to that Lord's Supper, that we examine ourselves before we come, um, that that's part of the Lord's Supper. This is a privilege to be invited to the Lord's Supper. But we come there admitting and confessing to God that we are sinners, that we fall short of the glory of God, that we are in need of the forgiveness that Jesus offers here. And we believe, we take Jesus at his word when he says, this is my body, this is my blood, and we believe. So confessing our sins, believing there's forgiveness here, and believing that Jesus Christ is truly present, and he's our Savior, an important part of coming to the uh, coming to the Lord's Supper. So if you remember, Corinthians started out with Paul um, um, disciplining the people for having their cliques, some of them saying, I belong to Paul, I belong to Jesus, I belong to Silas. They were splitting up, they were not being community together. Paul calls them to back, back together and says, no, we are believers in Jesus Christ. He is our only head. And he kind of reiterates that in this chapter too, of how that, um, um, how that community and how that oneness in Jesus Christ plays itself out. So God bless you as you continue to read. As Paul instructs the church, uh, there in Corinth, but also the church at large, including us, on the way we, we carry out our faith in Jesus Christ. Keep in the word.